Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, good evening everyone. How are you all doing today? Uh, I want to thank God for this opportunity to stand before you all this evening. I'm so humbled. And uh, I believe God is going to speak to you all. Uh, I won't be the one talking. I'm just a figurehead. See me as that right now. God has prepared a word for each and every one of us. And my greatest expectation is that the word is going to reach each and every one of us at our points of need in Jesus' name. Before I go any further, I just want to say a very big thank you to uh, our pastor, Pastor Goodluck, and uh, Pastor Reed for the opportunity to stand here. I won't take it for granted. It is a great privilege. And I'm also going to take it for granted that this is, uh, we have a lot of scholars in here. When I'm talking about scholars, I'm talking about people that are grounded. So I'm not here to really, really show that I know. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be talking straight from, the, from my heart, okay? Uh, before we go any further, can you just put that uh, scripture, Isaiah? Uh, I want us to take it together. Can we please rise on our feet as we take it together? Hope you don't mind. Okay. The Lord has given me the tongue of a lamb. He shall speak the word. In him that is weary. He awakens me by morning by morning. He awakens my ears to hear as a lamb. The Lord has opened my ears. I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Thank you. You may have your say. Uh, today, I quickly want to talk about what I thought titled The Efficacy of God's Word. The Efficacy of God's Word. I, God began to inspire in my heart this word as soon as uh, Pastor Goodluck started talking about the mighty power of God's Word. And uh, I began to receive some revelation from what he was saying and also from some experiences which I have had too. And I began to dwell on it. I said, the power of God's word. So I wanted to steal his topic, but I said, okay, let me just coin it <laughs> a little bit. So this word came to my mind, it's like the efficacy of God's word. Can we just bow our heads as we pray? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word this evening. I ask that you give revelation to your people. Let this word inspire faith in their life. And let every situation be turned around for good as a result of this word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, I looked at the word efficacy. The word efficacy. Two things actually came in that is attached to that word efficacy. One is effectiveness. Actually, the definition has the same root word. So, let me start by the definition. It said, efficacy is the ability to produce 
desired or intended result. So, in other words, we're saying that God's word has the ability to produce intended or desired result. Now, we're going to read, I'm going to take my test from Isaiah 55, verse 11. We're going to read the, uh, the NIV first. It says, So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things which I sent it. Efficacy. The ability to produce desired, intended result. So I was talking about effic- uh, I was talking about effectiveness. Effectiveness actually also means to produce intended result. Then another root word that efficacy has is efficiency. Now, I want to use the word efficiency here because. When you're talking about effective, for something to be effective, it's more like, and I want to coin it out from a man, managerial perspective. I remember when I went for a managerial uh, uh, training, they try, start, start talking about effectiveness and then efficiency. They said, effectiveness is for you to produce intended results, using all the resources which you have, and then within that resources, you're able to accomplish what your supervisor or your principle tells you to accomplish. Now, in effectiveness, we don't really look at what it takes. How much did you consume? All you're looking at is what? You're producing what? The desired, re- desired result. But when you're talking about efficiency, is you also producing that same result with minimum? Producing maximum result, but with what? Minimal resources. Now, what am I trying to say? I'm not here to teach management right now. <laughs> I'm trying to say something about God not be limited. He can use anything he wants to use to produce his result. And also, he is not tied to the little you have or to the multitude you have. He can use something very small. To achieve a very big thing that he wants to. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, now, let's look at Gideon. No, we know the story of Gideon, how he said he was the least in his, in his, in his family. And apart from being the least, his, his tribe was the least in what? The kingdom. Now, he was giving God his CV why he wasn't qualified. God wasn't looking at the quantity. He wasn't looking at... at what he had, he was looking at the quality that he has invested in Gideon to produce his intended result. And Gideon, after he has done all of those things, he went to take a whole bunch of armies, about 30 something, 300 something thousand. And God said, Man, I want to prove to this young man that I work with what? Efficiency. I don't need all of this to produce the desired result that I, I have dreamt of. So cut the whole story short. Efficiency came into play there. What was it? He actually 
brought the population of people that were supposed to do what? Fight against the enemy. And I think it went down to what? About 300 and something people. And what happened? They won. Now, someone say, oh, that was the Old Testament, and uh, that, I don't know if it's going to work right now. Let's look at the boy with, the, with, three fish, uh, with five loaves of bread and what? Three fishes. And when you read the account in, in John, the Bible said that he said it to Andrew in order to do what? Just to know what he, how he's going to react. And the man started giving him some kind of accountancy, blah, blah, blah. Even if we walk for so, so, and so days, we will not be able to feed these people with such an amount. But God was trying to prove the point that my word, my word is dependent on me. Not on what you can produce. Hallelujah! So, that is just a background to look at the efficacy. God's word is efficient. God's word is effective. He does not want your impute in terms of your strength. All he wants is for you to rely on what he has said concerning you. Amen. So, now, if you read this from the, King, uh, the, the Amplified uh, Version, I underlined some words. It said, you can put it if we have it there, thank you. It said, so will my word be which proceeds out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It means useless. Or without a result. Without accomplishing what I desire. And without succeeding in the matter which I sent it forth to perform. Hallelujah. So, I don't know what is your desire today. I don't know what is your expectation. But God is speaking to you that God's word has the ability has the potency to produce those desires of yours. If only you can do what we're going to talk about today. Amen. Now, what is God's word that we're talking about? What is God's word? One, God's word is a person. God's word is a person. You need to understand that. So whatsoever we are saying is a person. Pastor Goodluck will always say that we call the Holy Spirit it. No. He is a person. Same thing with God's word. If you go to John chapter 1 verse 1, it started saying, it said, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was also what? God. I said the same in the beginning with God. The same, sorry, the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made. Now, this is an introduction by, Paul, uh, by John telling the, the believers that this person you see is a person, and whatsoever you see that is happening around the world right now was made by him. So, now, for you to actually get what the world desires in your life, and for you to also produce the result based on what you're saying, you need to what have a relationship with the world. 
Uh, you understand what I'm saying right now? So you should have a relationship. He said, it came. If you go to, if you go to verse 14, he said, And the word was made to what? what? Flesh. And it dwelt amongst us. Now, what was God trying to, what was God doing? In the Old Testament, the Old Testament he was speaking the word. He was asking, he, he would actually talk with the, the, the prophets and they would give God's word to the people. And God said, I'm, go, I'm going to turn the table around. Now I'm going to come in here myself for, for people to have a relationship. Now, God, everything about God has to do with principle. And the principles of God are embedded in his word. And if you don't develop those, a, a relationship with his word, his principles will make no meaning to your life. And if it doesn't make any meaning to your life, it will not produce the intended or desired result which you want. So God had to come. I like that scripture we said, it is the blood of God. I, 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 when I read that scripture, I said, wow. That was God actually coming by himself and then making himself known and said he dwelt so that we will understand the principle that governs his operation. You know what he's doing part time. You know the principle behind what he's doing. That is why he had to, to gather about, about 12 disciples so that he can teach them. And this is what he said in John chapter, I think it should be John chapter 17b. He said, you can, you can turn to it if, if you. If you can say, he said, I have given unto them the word which you gave me, and they have what? Received it. Now, what is he saying? He said, now, the word which you actually asked me to give to these people, I am the word. The word is the person. I came in flesh, in human, human form, in order for me to intertwine, intermingle with these people, and then breathe into them the word. And you know what? I have accomplished that purpose. It is time for me to go. The flesh, beco- sorry, uh, the word becoming flesh. And he said they received it. And as soon as those twelve received it, no, sorry, the eleven received it. What happened? In us, he said they turned the word upside down. I always use the word downside up because actually the word was upside down. Hallelujah. So, they received it and they used that same word which they received and they started effecting changes in their communities, around their, 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 their neighborhood. And it started spreading because of persecution. And it was the potency, potency of that word which they have received that caused that change, those changes. Now, let's look at what the three dimensions of the word. The three dimensions of the word. Number one, in, in the Greek, sorry, I'm going to be using some Greek uh, terminology, hope you don't mind. <laughs> now, the first thing, translation of the Greek for the word is graphe. I hope you don't mind if I say this. Can you say it with me, graphe? I'm a teacher, so sometimes I try talking, I like the teacher talking, talking back to me. <laughs> Amen. Everyone say graphe. Now, graphe simply is the written word. Graphe is the word, I'm not using my Bible today, I already have it printed out, but I brought it to make an illustration. 
Graphe is the word that is embedded in this place. So it is the written word which we use. I read my Bible, and if you go through my Bible, you're going to see a lot of colors in it. <laughs> now, this is what I, after studying, this is what I do. I have a lot of things to. So, now, God gave us this word. It can be, in those days, it was, it was written in the scroll, but right now it's written in the Bible. Now, the Bible, the written word is meant for us to what? Read. Do you know that? This thing, I'm going to die. Some of you might be surprised, some of you might not be. You know, I, I can throw it down. I can step on it. Yes, that's what I'm doing right now. I love it. Is this guy crazy? That is the Bible. It means nothing right now. He's not going to pick up himself and slap me. Why did you step on me? He's right there right now. He's not going to make any meaning to me. Because this is just, right now, the written word. I'm going somewhere. The written word. Graphic. This is not a person. This is not the person. It is the written word. I, I hear people saying, especially from where we come from, they'll take this Bible, and then because someone did it, they will put it under their pillow and they will sleep because some witches and wizards and demonic, they have some demonic oppression. And if someone tells them, if you put this Bible under your pillowcase, you're going to sleep good. And most of them, they wake up and they have the same oppression. This thing will not make any changes in your life. That is the truth. It will not. I'm going somewhere. I hope I have the time. Now, the second aspect of the word is what we call the Logos. Now, the Logos is what we call the divine expression. The Logos is the person. That is Jesus. Now, let's go back to Graphe. If you go to Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to show you some principles right now. Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, rather, verse 4a. And Jesus Christ was tempted by the tempter. And the tempter asked him, okay, if you be the son of God, why don't you just turn this stone into what? Bread, because of your carnality right now. Jesus was hungry. That's what I mean, the flesh. You are really hungry. Why don't you do it? And if Jesus has done it, I don't think it would have been what? A bad thing. But what would have made it a bad thing is for him actually obeying or yielding to the instruction of the enemy. But because he knew the graphe, the word there said, it is written. Now, he actually used the word. The word was just there on the scroll. The word was not helping him at that time until he actually did what? Spoke it out. I'm calling him somewhere. I hope you guys are getting, you're getting it. It drifts away of what I'm saying right now. Now, he said, it is written, man. Where was it written? In Deuteronomy 5, 3. So he took. When Jesus Christ was doing that, we didn't have the New Testament. Take note of that. There was no New Testament. So they only have the Old Testament. So because he has developed a relationship, he knew what the graphic could do when it is applied. 
on his own, it couldn't do anything. Like what I just said, it's written, nothing happened. Now, he knew where that scripture was and he said, now this is what I'm going to use to address a specific situation. And the devil said, okay, you got me there, you got me, you got me, yeah, you got me, you got me. Hallelujah. Now, we now go to the Logos, which is actually the spoken word. Jesus Christ is the spoken word. Logos actually means the spoken word, which is, in, which is Jesus. Now, the verse I read to you, which, in, which is in John chapter 1, verse 1, it said, and the word, the translation there is actually the Logos. And that Logos is who? And you're following <laughs> So, he said, and the Logos became what? Flesh. Now, that is God's divine expression towards man. And that is what God wanted man to have. That is why he sent, the, sent him to the world. So that you can have a relationship. And that is what Jesus Christ actually did. He became what he was. Speaking. Amen. So, when pastor is preaching, what is he doing? Logos. He is giving to you that divine expression. And when you speak, what are you doing? Logos. But sometimes, the logos might not work for you if you don't take it to the next level called Rema. That is where the pudding is. Amen. Rema, what is Rema? Rema is the spoken word, but it is a specific word, a specific utterance from you to address specific situations. Now, Jesus Christ took graphe, which he has read, and it became Logos, because he is the, God's expression. And when he spoke it out to, to the devil, it became what? Amen. Now, the devil can quote the scripture. What he was quoting, if you go through the scripture during the temptation of Jesus Christ, you discover he was actually quoting scriptures to him. But what the devil cannot withstand is the revelational word which you have acquired from the scripture, from the written word, and from the word that is spoken to you. Rema. Rema can be gotten from the graphene. And that is what effects the change and the desired result in the life of a Christian. The spoken word, when you receive a divine revelation from what the pastor is saying, from what uh, 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 the preacher is saying, from what you are listening to on the TV or on, uh, from, from the radio, and God inspires it in your heart, uh, and it becomes revelation, and you begin to speak it forth, addressing specific situations. The devil can't stand that. I'm not talking about root, uh, root word. Say after me. No. It's good. The devil does it. Uh, 
I was so shocked so many years ago when I was in college. I entered a, a bus. I was coming from school and then going to, to church. And I saw there's a, there's a particular fraternity in our country, very strong fraternity. It's called the Ogboni Fraternity. And the driver of the bus actually placed the sticker in front of the bus. And do you know what is the matter of the, of the fraternity? It's about, it's a scripture. It says like the beard of Aaron. It said how pleasant it is for brethren, their fraternity, to dwell together in what? I was so surprised. I said, can you imagine, if, you, if you're from my country and they talk, tell you about those fraternities, it's a demonic fraternity. They are using the scriptures. The devil is not afraid. He can use what is in this scripture against you to tempt you and you will fall. Like what he did to Jesus. He quoted the scripture. He said, if you fall, no, not rather fall, he said, if you jump, show your majesty. And the scripture said that he will actually give us his angel charge. Oh, this is coming from the Lord. Ah, this, this is. But he knew. And what did he do? It was Rema that he actually used. Now, he, did not, he didn't quote the scripture right now, but he made a reference. This was coming from his spirit. And he told the devil, it is only God that you shall do what? Worship. When he told him to bow down. And he knew what to say concerning that particular situation. And he, he used it. And the devil said, okay, you got me. That's two. Number two. Now, what are you using to address your situation? What are you using? Are you using your head knowledge? Are you saying the same thing that people around you would say? And you expect it as a Christian to produce a desired result? I go to school every morning, Monday to, Monday to Friday, and then this, this normal word which we ask ourselves, how are you doing today? How's your day going? No, a lot of my colleagues, they will always say this. Uh, I don't know yet. It's still money. About. 60% of them will say the same thing. Yes. Are they saying the truth? No. But is that a fact? Yeah. I don't know. But when they ask me, I tell them, I'm blessed. They know me. We are about three of, we are three of us in my, in my school. We use this slogan, this word. And I'm actually speaking to my day. I'm speaking how I want my day to go. I was sharing it with uh, Brother Mike. I tell them, I am blessed. I'm highly favored. And one of my colleagues will add this to it. He said, with the kids, with the principal, with the government, with you, and with <laughs> whatsoever she can name. <laughs> no. And I told her, I, and I said, do you understand what you're saying? He said, Mr. O, I know what you, I'm saying. He said, I'm setting my day. I said, good. That is what? Revelation. And I told her, I said, come. I said, most of the time when I say these things, sometimes... My day does not go well. Brother Mike will know what I'm talking about. Especially we know what I'm talking about. But do you know what it does to me? It sets me on a position in which I am not shaken by what comes my way. 
I don't react to that student the way they want me to react. They do some things. And they expect me to react. They want to use the physics principle. For every action there is what? <laughs> but I don't give them that reaction. Because I have my head saturated. I have my spirit saturated with the word of God. I know what it means to be blessed. I know what it means to be favored. I have positioned myself. And instead of me, I don't have to do breathe in, breathe out. No. I don't have to do that. There is something working inside of me that has stabilized me and I know the appropriate action I need to make to, to, to win that person over to Christ. For the person to know that there is something different about this teacher. So, when you begin to speak some words, what are you saying? Are you speaking situationally or are you speaking the revelation? Now, the Bible says something. It said, you should not be conformed to the things of this world. If you are not being transformed, you are conforming. And I want to conform to the image of Christ. Not conforming to the things of this world. Now, how does Rema come into play? We've talked about the graphe. We've talked about the logos. Now we are in the Rema. Rema is developed or comes about by you developing a relationship with the word. Developing a relationship with the word. I'm not talking about you just reading the scripture because pastor said we should read First King, so I'm just going to read it to, just to fulfill all righteousness. Are you going a little bit further? Are you trying to look at what it actually means? I was discussing with my wife. I read, I, 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 I'm done with First King right now. And we're talking during the week. I said, I don't know why God is doing what he's doing. He knew that this person is going to fail. Why did he make him a king? Now, I'm going beyond what I just saw. Because if you read the books of kings, sorry I'm digressing a little bit. I'm just telling you, how far are you going with what you're reading? Jeroboam came from nowhere. God was angry with Solomon and said, because of what you have done, I'm going to take the kingdom. I'm going to tear the kingdom from you. And it's going to go to, 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 uh, to, to a stranger. But because of my covenant with David, I'm not going to let it happen in your time. It's going to happen in your children's time. And the guy said, okay. Unlike David, I said, oh Lord, please, please. He said, okay, I'm cool with that. And the worst thing is just that, to me, hello, I, I, I felt, I, I was not, I was not uh, putting my human cap on. I was not pleased with what God was doing. I wasn't. And I don't need to be pleased with what he's doing because he knows everything. He knows why he's doing it. I can't see beyond my nose, so why should I question what he's doing? But my head was just asking that question. I told my wife, please don't. I'm not saying God is not. I'm just, I'm just 
You know what I'm talking about? I said, why will he choose Jeroboam when he knows that he's going to actually do the same thing that Rehoboam did and what Solomon did? And then when you go to the next king, the same thing happened. Can't just, I, I, asked, I told my wife, I said, why can't God just look for somebody? Even the prophet that he was using to actually talk to them, why can't he make that person the king? You see what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to go beyond the surface of, I want to know God's intent. And why I was stuck in saying that, God said, my wife said, God does not want you to understand it because the very moment he makes you to understand everything he's doing, he's no longer God. If you can actually figure God out, he's no longer God. So God actually allowed those things to make you dig deeper into his word so that at the appointed time, he will give you the revelation. Right now, I have not gotten the revelation. I'm still digging to it. I haven't. No, I haven't. I'm just telling you what I went through last week. And it's going to make me do what? Dig deep. I want, to, I want to develop a relationship with Jesus. I want to develop a relationship with God to know why he is walking the way he's walking. It's not making sense to me right now. Why are you that way? Relationship. Oh, time is almost gone. Let me, let me move ahead. Now, in Joshua, I don't have it on the screen. It just came to my mind. I'm going to quote it. He said, in, in Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. He said, Thou shalt meditate on it day and night. And he said, In that you shall have your success, or you shall make yourself prosperous and have what? Good success. I'm not going to talk about that. I want to pick up one word. That word is meditate. What is meditation? Meditation is not... It is not... There's what we call the ESL. I don't know if they're doing it in other schools. Where they'll take it. Students are having a lot of issues and you need to do some uh, emotional stuff with the student. You take a deep breath. You let them think and pause. That is not what God is talking about. Joshua 1.8. When he's talking about meditation, he's talking about you digging deep into God's word. Looking at what God is saying. Now, before you can know what God is saying now, what was he saying? Then, who was he relating that thing to? Those words. Now, the word, that, the root word for, rego, uh, for, for, for meditation is regurgitation. If you did biology, you're going to know what that means. Now, <laughs> I was asking my wife, I said, should I use the word anatomy? She said, no, 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 no. They do biology down here because I'm used to biology back there home. So, is a biological word to regurgitate is for you to actually bring out what you have eaten and start chewing it again. Human beings, we don't do it. But it happens with ruminant animals, like the cow, the cattle, the goat. You know, when they are grazing, they begin to just, they just graze, eat as fast as they can. And then in the cool of the day, you see those animals going somewhere to, to lie, and they begin to bring out everything that they have chewed, and then they start chewing, sorry, everything that they have swallowed, and then they start chewing it afresh, so that 
all the things, all the nutrients, they can get it from it. They just stored it somewhere. It was not doing anything in that part of their stomach. Now, they have to reprocess it again. They have to chew it, bring everything out, and then they start chewing it until it becomes very, very, very smooth, and then they can put it back. That is what God is saying. Meditate. You need to go back and then study what you heard. The logos, the, the written word which you, which, which you have studied. Then you are going back to see if it was so. Like the Berean. That is where the Rema comes into being. If you are just eating it. And that is all. First of all, you, you, you're not going to be healthy. And that's why we don't have healthy Christians. You see them blowing hot and cold. When the pastor says something, yeah, they see, you see them shout. And when they come to the actual situation, because they have not regurgitated, they have not chewed it, they have not processed it, there is nothing, there is no revelation coming out of that what they have heard. They become a thermostat. Sorry, a thermometer, I beg your pardon. They regulate to the cold weather. Once it is what? Sunny and warm. They regulate themselves again. But God expects you to be a thermostat that regulates the condition. If he wants to make it warm, he turns it. If he wants to make it cold, the thermostat does what? That is what the world does. You stay, you stick to the word. Now, listen, while you are reading the word and you are establishing yourself in the word, what are you doing? You are grounding yourself in the word. You are building a, a solid root. A pastor was teaching about it. He said, he, said, he was talking about the cedar tree. The cedar tree of Lebanon is a very strong tree. He said, for every six feet that the cedar tree grows, he said, the root is about four times longer underneath. Now, the very moment you begin to study the world, what are you doing? You are developing bigger and stronger roots at the base. Because that is the relationship you are building. Then, you become grounded. I only have two minutes right now. I have not even talked about the attribute of the world. But I don't mind. I'm going to stop there. I hope we're getting something from what I'm saying right now. Now, The word, one attribute of the word is that the word is powerful. I may not be able to talk about it right now, but let me just dwell on developing a relationship with the word. Developing a relationship. Now, the seven sons of Sceva, how many of us have heard about that, those people? The seven sons of Sceva. Now, they saw that Jesus, they, probably they, they were alive when Jesus Christ did what he did. And they actually saw Paul doing what he, he was doing. And then they went, okay, let us go and try it on this uh, crazy man. And they said, baseless words, in the name of Jesus, which Paul preached, <laughs> we cast you out. You know the story, who eventually was casted out? Why didn't it work? Because they were talking about someone that had a relationship with the Logos. 
And that person was effecting change, a desired result, based on his relationship with Jesus. And his relationship with Jesus Christ produced the desired result. When Paul said, you shall be blind for a season, it was not an empty word. Like what Jesus Christ said, he said, the words that I speak unto you, that I give to you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Now, what Jesus was saying that, said there is a force backing the word that I am saying to you. It might look ordinary, but there is a spirit behind it. In John, I think it's also going to be in John chapter 1 verse 14. He said, to them, for as many that receive him, to them he gave what? The word power is what? Exosia. The Greek word is exosia. It's actually authority. Now, that authority actually means the legal right to operate in his name. My son bears my name. He has the legal right to bear my name. So, Everyone that has developed a relationship with Jesus has the legal right to do what? Produce the same result which that name will produce. So for that name, for that word to produce, the desire, the efficacious effect in your life, you need to do what? Have that relationship. I want to bring this scripture. I would say faith cometh by what? Hearing. And here by. Because of time, I might not be able to go through that. I have said some things right now. I'm going to stop here right now. I don't, I don't want to say finally. Finally. I told myself, I said, I will not say finally today. <laughs> I don't want to be the statistic. <laughs> and thank God I didn't do it. I said, I just made and alluded to it. I didn't say finally, finally. Okay. Amen. You need to develop a relationship with the world. If you want the world to work for you, if you want the world to produce the desired res- uh, result, have a relationship. If you have a relationship, you are building or developing your roots down before you build it up. That is when you have a base. And when the wind is blowing, the wind and the storms of life are blowing towards you, because you have a solid relationship, the, seed, the, 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 the cedar of Lebanon will not fall or be uprooted by the storm around him. When other trees are falling, the, seed, the cedar of Lebanon is what? Standing. Because of what? He has developed a root. The root he has underneath him is longer, is taller than what you see on the surface. And that is what God wants us to to be. That is where he wants us to be. That is the relationship he wants us to uh, to, to have with him. And I pray that as we have listened today, I did not even finish the message, but I just know that God, this is what God wants me to give to each and every one of us present here. Developing an astounding relationship. Knowing the difference between Logos, Graphe, and how the Rema of God's word can make impact in your life. May God bless his word in our heart in Jesus' name. Thank you. I think that will be it. We are dismissed. Uh, 